Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of the 20th Century Girls podcast. Hey, you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, as we hinted to you last week, this is a very special birthday episode for an actor and just whole business, entertainment business extraordinaire genius that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he get, he He doesn't get the recognition he deserves, and that's why... We feel like it's so special and important to do this episode on his birthday. Um, yeah, it is Mr. Desi Arnaz. <laughs> We've been waiting for this episode for a long time now. It'll probably be the first, like, uh, probably like a first part to a lot of our I Love Lucy episodes. Um, but yeah, we're so excited. As we all obviously know, he's one of my top actors for my list so I'm definitely very excited for this yeah Megan and I practically watch I Love Lucy every night and we're always snapchatting each other some of the iconic moments and of course Lucy's the show but there's so many Desi moments that we just (laughs) love and it's just a nightly thing between us and yeah we we love this man we love this actor and uh, we hope you learned some stuff about him and the importance he actually had on the entertainment industry, specifically, definitely in television. Yes, that's for sure. I, I actually did the task of re-listening to the audiobook of his book, and it just reminded me of so many things that, like, he did for the entertainment industry. And I remember I was distinctly listening to it, and he was like, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just did it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so awesome that, like, to just not even have, like, a very set plan, but, like, you completely reformed the entertainment industry in so many different ways. So, hopefully everybody learns um, all the different things that were done and learn to appreciate him a little bit more. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, guys. So we are starting out with Mr. Desi Arnaz. He was born in Santiago de Cuba on March 2nd, 1917. He is a fellow Pisces. Megan and I are Pisces yes. as well. So it's very <laughs> exciting. Um, he was actually, he had a pretty decent privileged life back then actually he was the son of santiago's youngest mayor Mm -hmm. so they lived pretty well off for over there um they had several ranches and a vacation home yeah they had they had a pretty good life over there his father also i believe served to like the what would be considered like cuba's like house of representatives sort of thing so yeah that's right yeah so they had a pretty good life like and then Something I also found really interesting is his grandfather on his mother's side was an executive at the and like a rum producer of Bacardi. Yeah, I saw that too. Like, I was like, huh, interesting. I had no idea, but I found that also super interesting because like I don't personally drink rum. Well, at least Bacardi. I don't drink Bacardi that much, but maybe kind of want to try it. <laughs> maybe it's pretty good. In honor of Mr. Arnez and his family. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, however, when he was 16 years old, the Cuban Revolution began. Um, That was 1933. And if you know anything about history, uh, they are now, they've been a communist country for many, many years now. Wasn't Um, the first Cuban Revolution. 
Yes. This is by Batista, I believe. Yeah, Batista threw, overthrew Machado during this one. This wasn't. Yes. There was another revolution later on mm-hmm. that overthrew, which is the one we. Yeah, that we, overthrew that Batista. We know. So mm-hmm. it's it's all complicated. <laughs> um, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so unfortunately, because he was in a governmental family, uh, they ended up jailing his father. Uh, luckily. They only jailed him because I don't know how back then how destructive and dangerous. I mean, of course, overthrowing the government either way, like a lot of bad things happened. Yeah. But like in a second revolution, if you're part of the government, you're lucky if you're staying alive. Yeah, the much. second revolution, they pretty much killed all the government officials. Like anyone who yeah. couldn't get out, they killed you. Mm hmm. So, um, yeah, so they jailed his father, and all of their property was confiscated. I can't remember. Did they burn his house down? Yeah, they destroyed his they house. They did. Like, okay. I, when I was re-listening to it, um, basically one so. day he got a phone call and was like, a mob is coming to your house. You and your mom need to get the heck out of there. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think it was, like, somebody who had ran against his father, like, came and, like, got them out of there, basically, and then. Uh, he talked about later on when he saw his house, everything was just everywhere. Like, they lost mm-hmm. all of their photos, all of their memories, all these different things. And I can't even imagine, like, what that would be like. Like to Just lose, 16 years old, that's it. Like, it's... to lose all of that stuff. And he told a story um, at that part of the book basically saying, like, later on, I guess something happened to... Uh, him and Lucy's ranch, like something like a fire had happened. Mm-hmm. And Lucy had asked his mom, like, what do I like, what do I grab first? And his mom was like, You grab the baby pictures and the documents yeah. that you cannot live without, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's just so that's so sad to me because I'm like, I can't even imagine losing all those things. Yeah. I mean, I don't I can't remember if you've ever been evacuated for the fires that we've had. We're in Southern California, so yeah. you know, we get fires every year. When I was younger, um, I remember I remember one day I came home from school and like we had a whole bunch of stuff in the trunk. Were you sent home early? Yeah, I think it was during that week that like all that the one. ash was like everywhere all over the field yeah. and like they shut the schools down and then um we were at my house, we were still kind of okay. I lived in it wasn't, and, I lived, like, away from you guys at the time. So I was, like, mm-hmm. I lived a little bit further. Yeah. Uh, for us, we were still okay, but it was heavy ash. Um, we were evacuated twice. Once for the ash. The second time, uh, we live around the hills area. So the fire, I remember coming out. I just had a bath. We came out. All of our neighbors were packing. We turned around. And you could see the light of the fire just over the hill. We're like, yeah. oh, we got to get out now. So... In that case, I do understand to a point. We've had experience with evacuating and possibly losing our houses. We were very thankful that we both got to keep our yeah. houses. Um, and all we of have, our things. Yeah, we have firefighters. We have a good amount of firefighters around where we live. So we got very lucky in that case. So we, yeah, memories is the absolute number one thing. Like, of course, bunny, but yeah, y- you want your memories. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, j- just 16 years old for him. So... At age 16, it was him and his father, they ended up leaving the country because ended up being that his mother's brother uh, was able to get his dad out of jail because um, they bas- they weren't holding him on anything. They basically were like, well, you're a government official, we're going to arrest you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it was almost for his own safety. Like, they probably would have, like, these moms probably would have done even worse things had, like, they actually yeah. gotten him sort of thing. So That's possible. Um, basically, they got him out, uh, and then him and Desi ended up leaving for Miami. Um, and ended up working, like, a whole bunch of different odd-end jobs to try to raise money uh, to eventually send for his mother to obviously come to the country as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, including, uh, Desi mentions this on a TV interview, I believe, that he was on, um, cleaning bird cages. That was a, mm-hmm. a popular Auden job he had. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, at the same time, he always played his music because, you know, he loved music and he's Latino. Music is massive in our culture. So, so one fun fact that I really enjoy, and it's just crazy but incredible um when desi was in high school in america he was actually friends with al capone's son mm-hmm. al capone you know the biggest mafia gangster of the famous gangster our, our history ever you know that, yeah that's it um, yeah so they were friends and i remember i'm pretty sure i got this right but he uh he told the story of how he called the capone's house to talk to his friend mm-hmm. and al capone answered the phone (laughs) like it was very short i think he just said hello and then he asked for his friend and then that was it yeah but al capone answered the phone oh my god (laughs) i just found that so crazy that little section of the book i was like because i guess like they never really mentioned al capone to him because like how do you mention that like Mm -hmm. oh yeah your dad's a famous gangster like it's what like how do you mention that sort of thing um but they said, like, uh, like eventually he was kind of like, yeah, my dad's at Alcatraz. Like, just so casual about it. And I'm like, how do you just... <laughs> That's but, it, you know. Yeah, just... Hey, it's the 30s. Yeah. I'm totally off crime. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I found that story really interesting when I was um, reading the book the first time and I forgot mm-hmm. about it. And then I was re-listening to it and I was like, oh, yeah, that was insane. That happened. <laughs> Um, oh, I love that fact. That's so fun. Yeah. But like you mentioned before, he was in high school, actually, but he'd actually gone to school back in Cuba, but they ended up deciding, like, he should go back to high school for basically, like, a year in order to graduate with, like, he'd graduate with that group of kids, but it was basically to help, per- it was to help him get his English better. hmm So, which... <laughs> Did it help? I don't know. Ask Lucy Ethel and Fred. <laughs> it's up to it's up to interpretation how much better they got his English. Um, but I mean, he did take English in uh, Cuba as well. Mm-hmm. He mentioned in his book that he was like they didn't set like they didn't set him up for anything when he came here. So I just found that funny. A fresh slate. So after Mr. Desi Arnaz graduated from high school, he was actually founded by no other than Xavier Cougat, which, if you have seen in I Love Lucy, uh, it's practically his biggest rival in the show. Um, he's not mentioned too many times, but it's enough. <laughs> yeah. So you rewatch the and, episode after after hearing this, like you could listen for it and be like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, that's. <laughs> That's him. And <laughs> and so he played at his club for a little. It wasn't that long. It was a, a short term type of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but he pretty much got his start there. And of course, he was playing the conga drum, the guitar, and singing. Mm-hmm. And I loved uh, one of the stories from uh, his book. He talked about how he met a, but he met a lot of celebrities, like in that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I just remember listening to it, and I was like, "How did you like meet all these people and all these different things?" So, um, one story that I really loved, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure you remember this and stuff because we both uh, really love this actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he eventually did meet Mr. Bing Crosby. Yes. Oh my gosh. I, yes. Uh, that was a good story, actually. So. Basically, he ended up talking to um, Mr. Crosby because I don't even—I don't even want to call him Bing. He's such a big like Mr. Crosby. Mr. Crosby. <laughs> um, but he ended up talking to him one day, and they and he asked him how much is Kugat paying you, and he said thirty-five dollars a week. Um, and uh, Bing Crosby was like, "That's way too cheap. Like, you need to be paid way more." for everything that you do and how amazing you are kind of thing. And, you know, it was Desi's first, like, band, like, type of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. it was really the first time he was doing all this. Um, And so I remember it was saying that Bing Crosby basically went to Kuga and was like, you need to pay him more. Like, you're so stupid. How do you not pay this man more? And he ended up getting a raise from it. And later on, he tells the story that he met uh, Bing Crosby later on. And um, Bing Crosby was like, did you ever get that raise? (laughs) And he was like, yeah, he ended up giving me a raise. And all I had to do for it was, like, walk his dog a couple days a week. Oh, that's right. (laughs) And I was like, I don't even know if that's technically a raise. I know, that's an extra job. I mean... He did get a rate, like, I mean, I would walk a dog for an extra couple bucks. Like, that's not that bad to me. But I just found that story, like, super interesting because, you know, I'm not expecting to read this book and, like, hear a whole bunch of stories about, like, Mm -hmm. big celebrities like this. That's so amazing. (laughs) Um, So, yes, after after his time with Xavier Cougat, uh, he eventually created his own band, the Desi Arnaz Orchestra. And um, they became a massive hit in the New York clubs, actually. And he, of course, is the one that began the conga craze mm-hmm. within the clubs. Conga lines um, and fun stuff. Exactly. And, of course, like Megan said, he met Bing Crosby among many other high, uh, big-time celebrities mm-hmm. back then, including, like, producers, directors, other musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is actually how he was introduced Um to I believe the producers of uh, a Broadway musical in which he was cast in uh, called Too Many Girls yes. in the, 1939. Real quick, the producers also... were Rodgers and Hart, who mm-hmm. are huge in like the Broadway name and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I remember listening to this and I was like, "Oh my god!" Because <laughs> I'm a huge right. musical theater person as well. So I just I was listening to it and I was like, "Oh my god." Like, they were just at one of his shows, and we're like, yeah, mm-hmm. we like you. We're going to have you come in. And- Thank you. Come on down to a Broadway musical. Yeah, and read for this part, uh, which I also... Which also happened to have Mr. Uh, Van Johnson. Right. Um, I think that was... He was still very beginner back then. Was he... There was an understudy. Was he the understudy? Um, I can't, I can't remember. But he didn't have a gigantic... He had a role in it. I'm pretty sure he had a role. I don't think he was the understudy. Because I remember there was a story in the 
book where basically one day Desi hurt his uh, foot and he got blood poisoning. Um, oh, yeah. And the understudy for him, they were like, well, you're going to have to have the understudy go on. And he was like, no, I don't want the understudy to go on. But the understudy was like, quick, I need you to talk. Because he had to perfect his accent because the character that he was playing was supposed <laughs> to be like a Latin, like Latin kind of character. So yep. um, the guy was like, I need you just to talk. Like, I need to be able to perfect your accent. Um, and he basically, like, he still went on. Desi still went on in the show. Oh, of course. Like, That's what a performer yeah, does. <laughs> he didn't, like, no understudy ever went on for him. He told, he basically would go do the show and then right afterward a stretcher would come and pick him up and take him to the hospital and they would work on oh his my foot. Gosh. And I think that was that went on for like three days, I think it said. Um <sighs> oh, wow. and, like until eventually obviously like his foot was perfectly fine. And then the doctor basically called him in and was like, You're insane. <laughs> <laughs> like Hey, that's the life of a performer it, and an athlete it is, though. We are gonna keep going. <laughs> if we're injured fine we're gonna keep performing if we have a hundred degree uh fever we're still gonna go yep. literally up until the doctors have to tie us to our beds yep. it's like we said last week uh you just you keep going it does not matter exactly it's like that's how you do it yep. and so then one year later after the success of this broadway musical they actually turned it into a film where desi was recast as his character in the film and mm-hmm. this is where he met the love of his life Miss Lucille Ball, <laughs> the most iconic couples of the time. So uh, when they first met, I, I kind of like the story, like when they first see each other, she was pretty much in, she, yeah, she was infatuated with him pretty much already. Um, but she was still, I would say kind of playing hard to get because hello, Miss Lucille Ball. Queen. Right. Like, um, she's allowed to play hard to get. Yeah. And he, he knew of her. So he was looking forward to meet her. He, the first time he saw her, though, I believe, I want to say she was probably filming Dance Girl Dance, yeah, she was where she's kind of like movie. I don't... a floozy dancer. <laughs> and so she, obviously, Lucy has no problem getting dirty, getting messy, getting in fights, which girls don't typically do back then. But Lucy's like, you know what? Put me in. So the first time Desi saw her, uh, she was filming a brawl, a freaking yep. like fight. <laughs> so she had a black eye and probably dirt all over her and messy hair. And she Desi pretty like, much saw her. She didn't look like how we think of her today. <laughs> not, not at all. So Desi pretty much was like, um, no way. Nope. <laughs> Who is and that so woman? then, of course, the, <laughs> then later on, he sees her, like, properly dressed, gorgeous as she is. And, you know, it was practically love at first sight right then he and there. He didn't recognize her. He was like, Who He didn't is know that? that was her. <laughs> Who is that? And, and they're, they're like, like, that's Lucy. You met her earlier. What do you mean, who is that? <laughs> and like, what? No. But, um, yeah, he couldn't believe that was the same girl because she's so freaking amazing. Um, Transformed. But, yeah, he said he took a look into her big blue eyes and fell instantly in love. And uh, they had a very uh, quick and fiery, passionate relationship, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, there were bets on set of Too Many Girls that they wouldn't last more than two weeks. Yep. Um, they proved him wrong. Um, <laughs> of course, and yeah. Eventually, <laughs> and they eventually eloped in Connecticut on November 30th, 1940. Mm-hmm. So he tells the story of the day that he actually uh, did kind of propose to Lucy in that kind of way. He basically was like, I like, I want to get married. Do you want to get married? And she was like, what? 
like, excuse me, what? <laughs> and he was like, I've already arranged for it. We're going to go to Connecticut. And she's like, well, you have to get a marriage license. You have to get it approved for about two days. And he was like, I already did all that. I already have it all set up. Like, do you want to <laughs> get married? And so they drove to Connecticut that day. And like, like, sure. Uh, you know, was saying they eloped and had a crazy passionate romance, but he basically had to come back in order to make his, like, make his show that he was performing that night. And he called the, like, the owner of this club and was like, I can't make the first show. I'll make the 2.30 show. And he was like, why can't you make the show? What the heck is going on? And he was like, I'm getting married. <laughs> and they were like, oh, wait, okay. what? To who? <laughs> they, they didn't tell anybody. So... He was like, yeah, no, I'm getting married. And they were like, oh, to who? And he was like, oh, to Lucy. And he was like, and they were like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> it was like this such a spur of the moment sort of thing. So I just, I was like, okay, like, that's different. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, yes. it. I love all right. So during the early years of their marriage, he con- he did mm-hmm. continue to film movies. Um, he was a Latino actor, so obviously they struggled back then. Um, but at the same time, like Megan said, he was still performing a lot in the clubs on the East Coast, while Lucy at the time was the queen mm-hmm. of the B movies in Hollywood. So they were separated for yeah. quite a bit. So obviously that made it a lot more difficult on the marriage side. So then, you know, World War II was going on. So in 1942, Desi Arnaz was drafted into the military. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he chose, he wanted to be in the Navy first, but somehow he ended up yes, in the he Army. he ended I up think, uh, right? injuring his knee right before reporting. Um, I couldn't, I can't remember exactly how he did injure his knee, um, but yeah, he did end up injuring himself. So he never saw, like, actual combat sort of thing. Yeah, he was never overseas. Um, I think yeah, he was stationed, he was stationed in San at the Valley, Birmingham so. General Army Hospital in San Fernando Valley. Basically, he directed USO programs and things like that. <laughs> so, I love it. I love yeah, it. No, so and everything about it. So he was performing so and exciting. arranging for other celebrities to come and perform for these people who were in the hospital. Yep, Mr. Bob Hope, most iconic USO there are some crazy performer names of all time. <laughs> and very good. Oh yeah, and very very good friend of Mr. Arnaz mm-hmm. and Miss Ball, of course. Um, yeah. So he, he, yeah, he did that. I believe he was a staff yeah. sergeant. I think that was his rank. But yeah, so he was in the mm-hmm. army for about two and a half years, and then, um, of course, with the constant career differences him being on the east coast again and lucy still filming in hollywood um they were having a lot of marriage problems and so in 1944 yep. lucy filed for divorce <laughs> but on the day the divorce was supposed to be finalized you know yeah uh, they, they told made the story up. of that as well uh thank god <laughs> lucy accused him of like being with all these other women at the actual hospital and he was like he told the story he was like i don't have time <laughs> 
he's like I don't have time <laughs> like all this different stuff and I was like which I I understood like all the things that he was doing in that um uh, all that stuff you really I don't know if you would have time to do that um but I know basically the day before the divorce he called her was like what are you doing to like what are you doing tonight and she was like nothing you realize I'm divorcing you tomorrow and she was like and he was like yeah I know but let's go out let's go on a date <laughs> and so mm-hmm. that uh sneaky they, uh, romantic they date. they he's they basically they slept together that night and uh in the morning they <laughs> woke up and Lucy was like oh I have to go I have to go to the courthouse I'm divorcing you <laughs> And he was like, what, yep. what, you're still going to do that? And she was like, why are you, like, the press is already there. Like, I can't disappoint anybody. And he was like, okay. So she went down to the courthouse. She filed for the divorce and then went back with him. <laughs> and basically the divorce became null and void because I guess in California, there was mm-hmm. a rule at the time where if you basically got back together with your ex, within like a cup within like a set time period the divorce was like completely voided so oh, that was what completely nulled the, their divorce was that they basically got back together the night before <laughs> which yeah mm-hmm. like, he knew what he was doing <laughs> which it's fine it's I mean, all again, good. if they had it if that hadn't happened <laughs> we wouldn't have this iconic couple that we have today or any of the things that we have now yes Yes, and we love them so much. Like, oh, guys. Anyway, so as time goes on, they're in their relationship, back in their marriage and everything. Um, more than anything, mm-hmm. they wanted a family. Um, but unfortunately, they did have, I believe, about, Lucy had about three miscarriages. Yeah, I they believe. only really talk about one in the um, book. Um, but, yeah, no, that was super hard. It was hard to hard to read and all yeah, that kind was, of stuff. That was really sad. Yeah, and to keep going yeah. through it over and over again. So I do know that Desi came from a Catholic family, um, and there was a a kind of theory, religious theory, that since they were not married in a church, they got eloped. Um, maybe that was the reason for the miscarriages. So they technically mm-hmm. had a second wedding. And they did get married in a Catholic church. And then eventually in 1951, their very first child, Lucy yep. Arnaz, they talk about was in the born. Book. Uh, basically, he, it, it was like they got married in the church and like almost immediately they got pregnant. And yeah. So who, yeah. I, who knows? He it, about, it, like, it worked for them, I really guess. So. That, that was like God sending them a child, which I think is super mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah, and I mean, Lucy was much older at the time, so it was, of course, harder for her yeah. to conceive at the time as well. That That's just how women bodies are. But uh, it happened, and they were very, that was, like, one of the greatest gifts for them, for sure. Like, more than anything. And um, so then moving on, <laughs> we are in the 50s now. And, um, you know, they still had a rocky relationship, but still they ugh, loved each yeah. other more than anything in the world, you know love-hate relationships fun stuff so uh they came up with an idea like hey instead of a lawyer profiting from our problems how about we profit from them instead 
So they're like, yeah. hey, let's work together. It would help them. Like, and so would um, be better basically if they were together more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because obviously, like, the biggest struggle was that they were away for so long. And um, so, yeah, so they came up with the idea of a show based off one of Lucy's radio shows, My Favorite Husband, and having mm-hmm. Desi play her husband. However, the studios were like, um, no one's going to believe that you're married to mm-hmm. a Latino man. And she's like, why not? I am married to him. Yeah, it didn't make so any why sense. They believe it was like, um, okay. <laughs> so they came up with a little theater show that they performed. Um, which technically was, like, the pilot of I Love Lucy, and it was a massive yeah. hit with the audiences. Lucy, Desi always says Lucy performs mm-hmm. best in front of an audience, and oh, they yeah. killed it. So, therefore, CBS agreed to give them a show on the television show. And, um, you know, here we get into the fun stuff that I really love about Desi Arnaz oh, yeah. in the entertainment industry. Yeah, no. It makes me so excited. So, with CBS basically agreeing to give it a show, they ended up taking a lot of acts that um, they'd done in this vaudeville show into the actual show. So, some of my favorites that they ended up deciding to do were in the very first episode, the pilot episode of I Love Lucy, they ended up recreating this whole scene where basically uh, Lucy is in the audience and uh ricky calls on her and she she's like oh yeah i'm a performer and stuff like that so they have the cello the viol- the big old violin that obviously like won't stand up um, <laughs> and then her famous seal performance uh that she performed both as the show and then obviously they brought it into the isle of lucy show um Oh my god, just imagine being in that audience. Like, even though, oh, like, yeah. they were both well-known at the time, but that was pre-I Love Lucy. I can't oh even, god, but just imagine. one of my other oh. favorite uh, numbers that they uh, brought in was they ended up bringing in Cuban Pete, uh, which was, it's still mm-hmm, one of my mm-hmm. favorite numbers. Um, I wish I could find a number of uh, Lucy and Desi doing it, but one of my favorite numbers that uh, her and Ricky did on the show um, was Cuban Pete just because I thought it was so funny and it was it was almost a perfect dynamic of the two of them just how like she came in all sassy basically <laughs> my name is Sally Sweet <laughs> and then just like the the use of props that they use that does use with the hat and things like that it was it was so perfect mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so those are my two favorite things they took from the vaudeville show into uh, episodes of I Love Lucy. So next time any of you guys watch I Love Lucy, uh, now you guys can know that that's where those episodes came from. Um, yeah. Yes, but I'm so excited to get into the production stuff because that is what um, really we didn't really know anything about before reading like his book or doing any more research. So hopefully we can educate some people on that. (laughs) I love it. This is my favorite stuff. And I love, I want to work in the entertainment industry. So this is just something that I love it. I love it all. And God bless Desi Arnaz. Cause who knows what TV would be like if it weren't for this man. 
And I'm going to be saying that for the rest of how many episodes we have in this (laughs) podcast. So Lucy and Desi took $5,000 of their own money, which in 1950 was a lot of money. um, And they created the show and they bought their own rights to the show, which was unheard of practically back then because the studio system owned everything. CBS basically just agreed to run the show. Um, Um, Yeah, they pretty much had the final say so for what they wanted to do, which was amazing. And so since they did take the pilot um, and toured it as a theater vaudeville show first, and like I said previously that Lucy performs better in front of an audience, Desi was like, you know what? We got to bring an audience. And CBS (laughs) was like, what? How are you going to fit people? And he's like, you know what? We're just going to do it. We're going to build a set that can fit people in the show as well as the actual set and still adhere to fire safety codes. And guess what, guys? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It unheard of. Never been done. And Desi Arnaz did it. And now that has paved the way for all of these other sitcoms. Situational comedies with the live audiences. Desi Arnaz did it, guys. See how brilliant that is? Like, look at Friends. Will and Grace. Um, I think Cheers was a sitcom, too, right? I, I should know this. I'm but... not too sure. Was it a sitcom? Okay, scratch that. Big Bane Theory. Um, mm-hmm. Golden Girls. Like, any sitcom yeah. well, they since were... the 50s. Yeah, and they were Desi Arnaz did that. Like, go to New York and, like, film the show sort of thing because that was just what you did if you wanted to film in a location you went to that location mm-hmm. and they were like no we don't want to go to new york like we want to do this in front of an audience sort of thing and everybody was like you're insane like you cannot do this and so yeah they basically did Watch that me. and they had to adhere to so many fire safety codes. like so many people were trying to like Mm-hmm. almost shut it down like almost be like you can't do this like and then you had to have a bathroom for the women you had to have a bathroom for the men just for the audience like so on one of the first mm-hmm. days that they were going to be filming they came to them and were like you don't have a bathroom for the women you have a bathroom for the men and they were like well the closest bathroom to like the for the women would be Lucy's dressing room bathroom and so, and mm-hmm. Lucy was like, yeah, go ahead. Like, just let him use it. It's, it's <laughs> fine. Imagine. Like, just so that all this stuff could happen. And, like, there's even. Gosh, I would be, like, hugging <laughs> the like... wall. <laughs> I would literally be no, hugging the and wall there's even in that more bathroom. Stuff. Um, but, yeah, that was one of the craziest things to me. Um, that, like, so many different things were kind of preventing this from happening. But they still made it happen. Mm-hmm. Guys, see, th- this is just like one of it's one of the biggest things that Desi Arnaz has contributed to the television industry. But like, guys, mm-hmm. we're still using it, and of course, with the audience comes mm-hmm. the three camera show. It's not a single camera the show; it's three cameras. So you're performing exactly. So you're performing it mm-hmm. like a live show, and therefore you can take. Um, so you don't have to do thirty takes of a ten second part of a scene you could do the entire scene and film it and then maybe tweak it a couple times do three to four takes whatever i know lucy was a perfectionist um 
they, of course, each take costs money. You want to save as much money as possible. So I doubt they rarely did any more takes. I wouldn't be surprised if they did everything in one take. Because I know that's how professional Lucy was and she wanted it done. Even just the whole multi-camera setup in, it, in itself was so revolutionary. I They were talking about in the book where basically mm-hmm. he had to go to several different people sort of thing in order to just convince them that this would work. Because he was like, yeah, people didn't and then, really believe it. That was something he only did on movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I know in the future, anytime they got new people coming in, Desi and his employees literally mm-hmm. had to train people. This is how you use it because no one yeah. else was really doing it at the time. And it's, it's just yeah. so mind-blowing. You, you had to factor in the audience. Like, you can't block the audience's view. Otherwise, they can't mm-hmm. see what's actually happening. And you wanted a live reaction from the audience so that, you know, the actors mm-hmm. and things could oh, work amazing. off of that. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Like all the different things that, and he was in charge of casting as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. He he was the whole business back, like obviously oh, yeah, he performing, was still performing. But he was a big producer as one of the lead characters. But mm-hmm. I love some of the. Yeah, he he was the whole business side of it too, which of course uh, we all know mm-hmm. is called Desilu Productions. Which they actually named it after, of course, Desi Arnaz, Lucille Ball. Mm-hmm. But their ranch, and I believe Chatsworth, somewhere in San Fernando yeah. Valley, was called Desi Lil. And so, therefore, they use it as their production company. And so, of course, with them buying their own rights, that helped yeah. with their production company. And I Love but, Lucy uh, is what it one is. One of the things that they, and, they bought uh, their own rights. so revolutionary. They had Amazing. to take pay cuts. Just in order to be able to mm-hmm. own their own rights. So they were willing to take those pay cuts just to own the rights and the rerun rights, basically, to in order to do that. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that that's where I'm going to I'm going to do another, <laughs> li- another little exciting thing that, you know, I learned in college. So Mr. Desi Arnaz, brilliant, because he owned the rights to I Love Lucy. He was able to do mm-hmm. practically anything he wanted with it. Therefore, later on, he came up with an idea called uh, syndication, or in other mm-hmm. terms, reruns. And they were able to profit off of that even more with the reruns when the actual new season was, uh, wasn't was airing on the break days. or the uh, Like during the summer, usually yeah. that's when you're on hiatus. You can air the reruns, mm-hmm. and that still profits for them. Hello, Desi Arnaz created reruns, and thanks to him, we still have Friends and I Love Lucy and all these other classic movies, or excuse me, classic episodes that are still airing today, even 60, 70 years after they first aired. That was partially how I was introduced to I Love Lucy, was just some of the reruns that they would play on TV. Uh, And that's what... Yeah, they're still in our homes to this day. I think I Love Lucy is the longest running show to ever come. Like, it's never been off the air. I don't I think it has ever been off the air. It wouldn't surprise me in that sort of thing. Um, just because, like, again, it was playing reruns back in the 50s. So. Exactly. And it's still today. Like, like I said, I don't think they mentioned it somewhere online. I saw it maybe on an Instagram page, but it's been running for yeah. 60 70 years doing, now but yeah i don't think it's ever been specials off. with it we obviously now have like colorized episodes that mm-hmm. they're doing now of it so yep yep yep, mean, yep there's no 
there's no escaping it. Everybody just watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so while they were doing the show, uh, they had another iconic moment in season two. Uh, another thing that really has technically never been done, um, where <laughs> Lucy <laughs> got pregnant with their second child. And um, now, of course, there possibly has been um, TV shows and movies where the woman had been pregnant, but then you, you never can't show a pregnant woman on TV. That's never been either, done, either so it can't be done. they had a child or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or you're hiding yeah. behind a chair and a pillow or whatever, you know, because a pregnant woman has never been shown on TV, and it is... It simply is not done. Therefore, it will never nope. be done. <laughs> ha! So, Desi is like, y'all haven't seen Lucy yeah. being pregnant. She's gigantic. Mm-mm. You can't hide her. You can watch the episodes, too. So, they worked around it. Huge. Yeah, before they even yeah. announced that she's pregnant. They waited like, she's already wearing the maternity clothes. Um, and basically, like, as mm-hmm. close as they could get to where she would start to show that was when finally they were like and I even remember watch like you watch the episode where she tells uh where Lucy tells Ricky that she's pregnant she's already wearing like the the larger clothes yeah. so that she could hide it and I <laughs> mm-hmm. they honestly you never see her belly so they're oh, yeah. those clothes I love hit her, her maternity well. clothes if I'm being honest like they're so cute <laughs> <laughs> gigantic mm-hmm. jackets and dresses but, uh, yeah, so 1953, Desi Jr. was born. And that, I know, again, mm-hmm. was the greatest thing to ever happen to them. Like, they, were, had, they had a successful business. They were in love. And then they had a boy and a girl. And I, I remember Desi saying that, tell, telling Lucy, now we have everything. And I'm just like, yeah, oh. It was really sweet. I loved some of the stories they had of this uh, inside of his book where he talked about, like, he, like, they didn't know what it was going to be. Um, so he ended up going around because basically then they had to decide like, okay, well now Lucy and Ricky have to have a kid because obviously you can't hide her pregnancy. Um, so he was going mm-hmm. around like trying to decide like, should I have, should we have a boy? Like, should we have a girl? So they ended up deciding that the Cardos were going to have a boy and just they were going to have whatever they were going to have. So, but they were, they were trying to yeah, little Ricky it with what they were having on the show and in real life but they didn't know i don't know if they didn't have the technology back then to i was like i don't i don't i don't think they did i don't think that came out too much later a surprise sort of thing so it was like okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i found it also funny that in the scene where um lucy has the baby and we all ricky faints (laughs) and i i always Mm -hmm. wondered like did he actually like fall back and do that I was oh who no. I was like, but no, they <laughs> say knows? in the book that he got it like a big bump on his head from doing that. And I was like, did mm-hmm. you actually fall backwards and like do I was like, oh my god. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Probably. It wouldn't surprise me. Probably. He was a master <laughs> with like props uh. and stunts and stuff, so Yeah. So yeah, so just just that alone, like for me personally, I mm-hmm. love sitcoms. They are my favorite type of show. Obviously, I love Lucy started that all. But, um, so yeah, just a little uh, thank you, Mr. Desi Arnaz, because he's the reason why we have sitcoms, and sitcoms are the way they are today. 
like who knows honestly who knows what tv at least situation yeah sitcoms may have never really existed we might have just have single camera comedies yeah. this Which, whole I mean, we time have single camera comedies now per- yeah but, but it's good variety. we have like a variety it's kind of interesting when but... you learn about all this kind of stuff i almost watch the sitcoms that i watch like that are on tv now and i'm like oh this is actually like a multi-camera system so i find it so interesting now like to mm-hmm. point that out and just be like oh, okay because mm-hmm. we've been to tv tapings and they've mentioned yeah. like oh yeah this mm-hmm. this whole setup all started with i love lucy <laughs> and i was like yeah. i knew that desi arnaz <laughs> came up with that idea and this idea and that idea and we're still using it today guys and just uh, his genius business creative brain all right so we're gonna continue on <laughs> we there's so much stuff and like this is gonna be a long episode, guys. In case you haven't, you haven't gotten, you know, gotten noticed yet, this is a long one. The way into the episode, and you ever realize that it's gonna be a long one? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we're gonna continue because this man deserves all the recognition. So, Desi, obviously, as we said, was the brains behind Desi Lou Productions and I Love Lucy and everything. He also produced other films and shows. It is a production mm-hmm. company, therefore, yeah, why not? Um, such as, like, the movie Lon Lon Trailer, Forever, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, Forever Darling. His is Forever, yeah, theirs is Forever Darling, Doris Day is Move Over yeah. Darling. <laughs> I get them confused sometimes. But, yeah, so they did that, um, and including shows like the Anne Southern Show and the very, I know, iconic, I've never seen it, but I know it's a big-time show, The Untouchables. I heard about that a lot. Wow, he produced I remember, that. like, because I haven't seen it either, but... I, they talked a lot mm-hmm. about it. But, like, I've heard of it, and, yeah, it at least online, I've seen, like, oh, it's it's a big thing. Desi Arnaz produced that. If it weren't for him, it probably wouldn't have existed. And, uh, yeah, so he uh, very, he worked very, very hard behind the scenes, as well as, you know, shooting I Love Lucy. And, of course, that's where it gets pretty difficult, and he started struggling a lot with um, alcoholism, and temperament issues. We're not like saying it's okay, but you understand it. Yeah. Because he was there all the time. Everyone else, the rest of the cast, they were there to perform. But he, after he performed, he had to go look at scripts. He had to go check on the writers. He had to go check on the directors and the producers and money. And he was handling everything. So obviously, you can't even imagine doing that nowadays. It's such a massive load. Um, but you know what? He he was always very grateful for his job. He, he knew that this was like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, he had this incredible life, and he thanks America for it. He's a very grateful and very, very proud American. Um, he was part of the Republican Party. He supported presidents such as Eisenhower, Nixon, and Reagan. Um, but more than anything, he loved this country. And I think, I don't know if it was one of the roast episodes or something, but you can find it on YouTube where he's with Lucy and he gets so emotional talking about how grateful he is to be in this country yeah. that gave him this opportunity. He was like, there's nowhere else in the world that would have given someone like me this, this chance at life and success. And just both him and Lucy are emotional. It's one of my favorite things. But, oh, so much so that 
the writers did come up with uh, an I Love Lucy episode where they thought, oh, Ricky should cheat on his taxes or mess up on his taxes somehow. I don't know the full extent to it. But um, Desi said no. He would never want anyone to think of him like that because he wanted to be a proper American and he doesn't want to take anything Mm -hmm. for granted. So he declined that. Very interesting. So, yeah, but even with him being such a proud American, during the 50s, you obviously had some of the um, the Red Scare, basically, which was the fear that communism would begin to kind of grow in America. And mm-hmm. surprisingly, people believed that Lucy uh, <laughs> would be a part of the Communist Party because there were a couple people on her um on her family's side that didn't end up siding with the mm-hmm. communist party and there were uh they talked about it in his book there were i guess a couple uh signatures that they had pointed out to her they were like oh well you signed this and uh things like that but it's it's all so speculative and everything like that but yeah, yeah i think it I'm was her sure. grandfather or great grand someone like that and um and so, of course, a lot of people, I mean, go- mm-hmm. politics today is very different. But back then, it was like, oh, my family is democratic mm-hmm. or my family is communist. I'm going to yeah. sign up for that, too. Some people are still like that. So, so that out of. Exactly. So um, that's basically what she did. She, she was close to her grandfather. She's like, oh, you're communist. OK, sure. But keep in mind, that was like early, yeah. early 1900s. So that was before the whole there wasn't communism like scare, huge, pretty like, much. I don't even know if there was like a big like showing of commun. There wasn't like I I can't remember exactly because I was never really good at history. Um, but you didn't have things like in Cuba. There wasn't really communism. There wasn't too much in Russia and things like that. So there was no like. It, it yeah. wasn't seen as a bad it wasn't like thing this huge, horrible, at the time. Like, you think of it now, and you're like, "Oh my god, that's horrible." <laughs> so, mm, yeah. Depending who you are, yeah. again, but that yeah, ch- times change so much, and she just never really, like, out of what I can kind of tell, she was never political or like religious. Really, she wasn't like no, big on they... that. So, of course, she never ch- she never changed yeah. her party. She never thought to change her party. But it was such a dangerous time because so many other like performers were getting blacklisted, oh, yeah. and that would just people ruin de- your career. People were afraid that this was going to genuinely so, ruin her career. Yeah, and it probably could have. Um, but luckily, Desi was there to completely support her, and I, I love what he says about her. <laughs> it's like the only thing read about yeah. her was her hair. <laughs> No, I love it. I think Desi probably was a massive part in um Oh yeah, because he's helping about, him get through um, that mess. So he was calling people like uh Jedgar Hoover was like, What do you have on her? Like what's going on? And they were like, We don't have anything mm-hmm. really against her on her or anything like that. Um and so he ended up like I guess there was a he got like word of a story that was gonna be leaked basically saying that she was a communist and all this kind of stuff and he ended up that and she was worried that like people were gonna boo her like in the audience and like all this different stuff but um he ended up bringing in still he was like no we're still gonna film 
he was like, we're still going to do this. He called mm-hmm. uh, all their sponsors and was like, are you still going to sponsor us? And they were like, screw it. Yeah, we're still going to sponsor you. Like, we people, I don't know if they really believed that, that like, Lucy was a communist and that kind of Yeah. Way. Um, one of the next days that they were going to perform, um, they Desi invited, uh, of course, they had the usual audience. And then he invited a bunch of, like, newspaper reporters, um, basically, to report on what the audience reaction was and how they took her and things like that and what they did. And people applauded her. People loved her. They screamed, like, we support you and that kind of stuff. And it said that, like, she just, she started crying. Like, she just couldn't take all the support for her and things like that. She went in and, like, Mm. hugged her mom and his mom and, like, their family and things like that. Like, it was so powerful to her. And Mm-hmm. Yeah, I notice like whenever she gets like standing applause, standing ovations, and everything, and yeah. something that it always affects her emotionally. Yeah. Like, she, like every time, like of course she gets a standing O anytime she's around, but every time it just takes her by surprise, and it actually you can kind of see the real Lucy I get it's emotional. So amazing, but and I'm just like, Queen, you deserve all of this. The story. <laughs> um, and so they still had to do a whole bunch of like damage control and things like that um yeah so desi was super strict oh boy fun stuff her red roses you cannot bring her you cannot mention that you cannot do anything that's gonna make it seem like this is what it is and then they again did the whole bring the journalists in bring audience in and again they still supported her and they still loved her so it was absolutely insane and yes yeah he i love did lucy for the things win. to kind of make sure that everything was still okay and i still like he supported her 100 percent, which i find beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah i know i love it all and the other incredible thing about working at desi lu having desi arnaz and lucille ball as your boss is like the greatest thing in the world. Not only because they are Desi Arnaz and Lucia Ball, but they were actually excellent bosses. Mm-hmm. They always took care of their staff. They were very close to them. They like tried to learn everyone's names. They were always very caring. They gave them raises every single year. They have ne- Their staff had never asked for a raise. They just automatically got it every year. And of course, they would always do like these big um, company picnics and having fun like little uh adventures and stuff and i'm just like i love that just imagine working yeah. for desi lu at the time oh i would have loved it <laughs> so much i mean i would cry in right? happy tears just you know witnessing desi arnaz and lucio ball in my presence but oh god that would been so amazing all right so then unfortunately behind the scenes lucy and desi did still struggle with their relationship um, and eventually divorced in 1960 mm-hmm. after they ended the I Love Lucy and Lucy and Desi Comedy Hour episodes. Um, something I found really interesting w- reading the book was yeah, that I, Desi was actually the one who initiated the divorce. I didn't really know too much. It kind of um, took Lucy by surprise. Before reading the book the first in time. A way. And when I read it, I was like, okay. Like, I thought... Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because like on online, you, you, um, I remember growing up reading yeah. like, "Oh, Lucy he filed said... for divorce in 1960." That is true, but Desi was the one who yeah. he keep your, he initiated you it. But told Lucy, "You're the one like, that can, can file it." Though, keep your own pride and keep everything's good. But mm-hmm. he was very big on like, I don't want to show the kids. I don't want. I would don't want this to affect them in any sort of way. He didn't yeah. want. He didn't want to put up like this whole thing that like him and Lucy were like hated each other in that sort of way, which I I think that's amazing. I think that's so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Of course, they still struggled a lot, and I'm sure Lucy yeah. was very angry so with him. Is... But they still I, lo- they still love each that other. I found such a big surprise. I always like you always hear like, oh, she filed for divorce. She was the one who was divorcing mm-hmm. him. I exactly. Like, I think that was like what? one of the biggest things when I read the book. <laughs> I read that and I'm like, oh, whoa. Yeah. I was like mind blown. I think I remember texting you that too when okay, I first read it. I was like, he's the one that initiated it. I was like, I, you always forget about it because you're like, yeah. okay, like it's, it doesn't seem like too big of a thing. But like I was re, I was again listening to it because I don't have the book myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, oh, my God, like, I always forget, like, this is the actual. And, you know, this was the chain of events that happened. So I just found mm-hmm. that super interesting again. So, of course, in the divorce, um, they did still um, mm-hmm. split Desilu in half. They still had um, ownership of it, of course. Um, Desi kind of took a break from in front of the camera. And he would do more producing. He would... I think he still had like some yeah. guest stars on other shows, but he mostly stayed on the business side. Um, he he even produced Lucy's Broadway musical Wildcat in 1960, um, and then but eventually the business side got to him even more, and it was just too much. So a couple of years later, he sold his half of Desilu to Lucy, letting Lucy become yep. the very first woman to so own amazing. a studio, which is incredible <laughs> amazing wow <laughs> and so mm-hmm. then in 1963 desi actually remarried um edith hirsch and um still continued to cut down on show business at the time um he really enjoyed mm-hmm. staying at his beach house in del mar california um he would still be asked again like i said to host or guest star direct on occasions um continue producing other shows um but he he really started to take a step yeah, back he, and kind of just pretty yeah, much kind of like a semi-retirement really is basically what he did like horses he loved um he had a farm out in corona um mm-hmm. he I, we have so many places which I didn't know visit, which we should like, go visit because I need it's not that far of a drive. Days. Like just like, oh my god, I know different locations. Yeah, the talking about the horses and mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, celebrities back then were very big into horse racing. And when I was looking at <laughs> uh, at this note, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> So um, he owned like a horse racetrack or something in Del Mar. And it, now it is called the Desi Arnaz mm-hmm. Stakes, which is a horse racetrack. 
named in his honor. I had no idea. And I'm like, okay, it's still there. I Googled it too. And I'm like, it's supposed to still be there. We have to go. I need to take a picture with the sign. Oh my God. I had no idea. It blew my mind. And then another thing that blew my mind, not surprised, but still so cool. He taught classes at San Diego State University. And I'm just like, yeah. what the heck? Why taught did I, just, studio I would have gone to San Diego State for college just for that reason. Just for Desi. Was so insane. Ah. Of course. Of course he did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. That, the, the one who, like, freaking started it all. Oh, my God. Oh, incredible, man. So right. we've already talked about the fact that he did write a book. Yeah. Um, and it is literally called... A book by Desi Arnaz. <laughs> I remember when he was he was talking about how he uh, named the book inside of his book. So and creative. He was like, well, he was like, what am I writing it with? And they were like, a pencil. And they were like, well, what am I writing? A book. He's like, well, I'm not going to call it a pencil. So I'm going to call it <laughs> a book. <laughs> so very, very creative. <laughs> there you um, go. But yeah, Mr. Desi Arnaz, everyone. Because obviously we people, SNL is still on air, uh, but he actually hosted SNL in order to promote his book. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I found that interesting. I, I think I, prob- I you know, probably SNL didn't know still that on, and just like, blinked TV out and stuff like that. Obviously, um, but yeah, it was on back mm-hmm. uh, back then as well. And, you know, the show obviously did spoof some things like I Love Lucy and things like that. Um, I'm not sure where you could find things. I was like, I'm not sure where you could find it. I was going to say, if they did I Love Lucy spoofs, I got to check that out. Got to do some research. He did take a couple He did take a step back from acting, but he did... Do a couple guest appearances on TV um, in his older life and things like that. Um, he, yeah, you can find some interviews, a couple uh You can find a few interviews things. actually online. Um, one of my favorites was, you actually sent me a clip of it, uh, the Donnie and Marie Osmond uh, show that he did where they rang the they were like, oh, we're going to ring the doorbell and you'll see, oh, a, yeah. you'll see a famous like scene from oh, his gosh. TV show. One of the doorbells that they rang, it had Desi Arnaz on the other side. and <laughs> That was one of my, I just found that oh, so hilarious. Um, just imagine. He comes in and obviously oh. says some of his most like iconic lines and things like that. Um, but yeah, so he mostly later in his life did things like interviews mm-hmm. and um like uh, guest hosting and things like that. Of course, sticking with the family. He was always, like we mm-hmm. always say, him and Lucy stayed together <laughs> as friends forever and ever. They had houses, or houses. They had, they had photos yep. of each other in their other houses with their other spouse. Like, you can't just erase, like, that iconic couple. Mm-hmm. They loved each other. And, of course, their children, their grandchildren, they always stayed very close. Um but unfortunately, uh, we all know Desi was a very heavy smoker. He pretty much smokes all the time in I Love Lucy. And um, as, you know, that was the thing back in the day. A lot of people got lung cancer. And unfortunately, 1986, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. 
And um, yeah, it pretty much it took him pretty quickly from the diagnosis. He probably had it much longer. Didn't find out till later that that typically happens. Um, But from the diagnosis, he only lasted about a couple more months. And um, on December 2nd, 1986, he passed away that he was age 69. He was just three months away from um, his 70th birthday. As he was with his daughter um, when he passed, his uh, second wife actually passed already. Yeah, she died in Um, 1985 from cancer as well at 67. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, so he wasn't alone. Of course, thankfully not. Yeah, Lucy, his daughter, was with him. Um, but it is said that uh, Lucy, who's, you know, Lucille Ball, was actually the last person he spoke to over the phone. Um, I believe I did mention this in the Iconic Couples episode previously, mm-hmm. um, that she was about to go film an episode for one of her shows, um, and he... At that time, he was on his deathbed. He wasn't talking to anyone at the time. Um, he was just so weak. But then uh, his daughter came into the room, and he, he kind of gave a look to her, like, oh, who's on the phone? And she says, it's that crazy redhead. <laughs> <laughs> and so then they ended up talking, and um, pretty much Lucy just continuously said, Desi, I love you, I love you, I love you. And uh, so, yeah, it said that she was the last one to talk to him. Or and he was, yeah, and they're they remain very close and loving friends for the rest of their lives, and within their family, and it really was true love, even if the marriage didn't last. It was true love. I can believe <sighs> I I really yeah. can. It's one of those things that like, and even um, you see it in their eyes and in their photos, and of yeah. course in the I Love Lucy episodes. My God, I love you can Lucy, see it. Any home videos you ever watch of them and things mm-hmm. like that, like you can just see how much like they really did care for each other and love each other. It's mm-hmm. it's a beautiful it's beautiful. Honestly, I have no other words for it. Yeah, and uh, so he actually passed five days before Lucy received her Kennedy Center honors, mm-hmm. which is a gigantic achievement. Um, and I, I think Desi was actually supposed to present or be part of the presentation for her. Um, it would surprise me. Could but, yeah. I think know. he was. Cause when I watch it, um, uh, the guy reads a letter from Desi mm-hmm. mentioning how like, uh, I love Lucy was never just a name. Um, Lucy, she was the show. Yeah, Lucy, I love Lucy was never just a title. <laughs> that was the end of the book, so I was like, I just mm-hmm. was like, oh my god, oh my heart, and uh, yeah, and you can. Uh, Lucy was trying to stay so strong, but you could see the emotion in her eyes. Like it, oh, that was such a. It was fresh, it was such a heartbreak, at, fresh from he passed. So I can't even mm-hmm. imagine what that five days. That's it. What was, that must oh, have been like god. to then hear a letter from him, mm-hmm. like. Oh, my gosh, my heart. Um, but, yeah. And so it is said that uh, his he got cremated and his ashes are to be scattered in the ocean, which, you know, I would kind of think that, too. I mean, he loved the beach and the ocean, so. He was a water sign. Yeah, of course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, yeah, like we said before, him and television industry – he's iconic he is a pioneer for what tv is today he's left such um, a 
it's such a legacy and such a staple on mm-hmm. television in general. Yep. And uh, with his legacy, he has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I believe one for TV and one for film. And I believe Lucy has the same for TV and film. I need to visit um, those. Those are two that I haven't visited. It was so hard for me to find them. It took years. Finally, I went with Aaron a few years ago. I found one of Lucy's. Oh, it took so long. I have found one of Lucy's, and I, but I have not I, found any of Desi's. I've looked. I trust think me. <laughs> I found both of Desi's. I found at least one. I think I found both Desi's. I cannot remember, though. But That's another thing yeah. we need to go and so, hunt for. Because <laughs> I, I yes, need to see it. It one. is a massive scavenger hunt for that. Um, and although he was never nominated for an Emmy, unlike his co-stars, Unfair. however, <clears throat> he did win. Yeah. <laughs> However, he did win a Golden Globe for Best Television Achie- Achievement for Shaping American Comedy and is now and forever will be in the Television Academy's Hall of Fame. That's well right. deserved. Rightfully so. Absolutely. Yeah. And still, like we said, he deserves so much more and all of the recognition because, like, if you read his book, his book is very difficult to find, but he goes in depth of everything that he did mm-hmm. on the business side but yeah the book is available on audible like we said before if you guys ever mm-hmm. get a chance to read it it's so interesting to listen to also because like you almost get to like hear a story it's like a big it's like a big story book because his life was mm-hmm. so interesting so i i loved being able to re-listen to it um so i highly recommend if anybody gets the chance. Yeah. It, oh. uh, I just love him. It's, oh, incredible. <laughs> Gosh. I knew that was going to happen. She agree. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy raised you right. <laughs> there it is. Um, but yeah. So the two other things also that I also found really interesting um, were they do have a museum out in Jamestown, New York, the Lucille Ball Desi Arnaz Center Museum. Oh, I can't wait to go someday. Um, it, when I go to New York, that is like one of the top things I have to visit. Like, oh yeah, I, I will not. I will not leave New York yeah. until I go there. No, I refuse. I yeah. No. I have a list of things I need to visit. Obviously, one of the top ones is I have to see a Broadway show. Mm-hmm. But I have to go to this museum. And pray that I don't buy out the entire gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's so true. Um, but yeah, so th- that's one other thing that I absolutely need to visit one day. We both do. Mm-hmm. In multiple places yeah. we need to visit. Like, um, I already have, like, I have to go once where it's just, like, I can take my time around town, yeah. see the museum and everything. And then they also have the whole week or, like, five days or whatever to celebrate Lucy's birthday. Exactly. And they have, like, the grape stomping and the chocolate competitions, and it's massive. And oh. it's, like, they they broke a record for having the most Lucy impersonators there. And they actually have professional comedians, stand-up comedians, do mm-hmm. shows. And I'm just, like... And then I have to go during that time. And I am absolutely going to be doing that grape stomping. Because <laughs> how do you not? Um, why would you not do that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't. Someday. Hopefully not too far away. Yeah, it, it's going to happen. And yeah, hopefully um, we can have, we won't be totally broke after that trip from buying <laughs> up the gift shop. <laughs> no, it's very true. I, I flat out will need to like 
save a good at least like couple months savings just so that I can buy as many things as I want from that gift shop because it's just I I looked at the gift shop online because they do actually have a website where you can buy stuff from the gift shop and I'm just like oh my god it's so tempting it's so tempting I I want to buy everything already but I also want the experience of like going to Mm -hmm. the gift shop and buying things at the actual museum so I know that is a definite goal of mine. And one other thing in New York, um, they have the Desi Arnaz band shell in the Lucille Ball Memorial Park. And, and I'm sorry if I pronounced this wrong. Celeron, uh, <laughs> New York, Celeron. I think that's how you say it. I, yeah. And we've already stated we're very bad with pronunciations. <laughs> we do our best. We try. <laughs> um, and then obviously he has the one autobiography that we've just touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one very special thing that I got super excited for. I took photos of it and everything. <laughs> um, on March 2nd, 2019, in honor of his 102nd birthday, Google actually created like a moving doodle of Desi Arnaz. Of him like playing the bongo drum and like a couple other movements that he did. But uh that's awesome. I, lo- I love that. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, when I saw it, I knew exactly. I was like, oh, my God, that's Desi Arnaz. Yep. <laughs> I, it'd be amazing if they did it again this year. I don't know. We'll see. I just say we do it every year. <laughs> exactly. Do it every year. Come on now. Uh, but, yeah, <clears throat> okay. as you guys can hear, he's had quite a life, quite a legacy, Ugh, guys, this was a long episode, but you know that was coming. It's Desi Arnaz. We need to celebrate this man and his achievement and contribution to television and film and just entertainment in general. And uh, we love him. Yeah. Um, we really hope we love the we... whole. We love the whole Arnaz and Ball family. Um, if you ever happen to hear this, um, <laughs> we absolutely celebrate you like we said we watch i love lucy practically every night we grew up watching i love lucy and like lucy and desi are going to be living in our hearts forever and ever and mm-hmm. uh, just thank you desi arnaz for all all of the hard work that you put in because because of i love lucy that is what inspired me to want to pursue acting and dancing and just a career in the entertainment industry and um oh god i just i love you guys and thank you for always making me smile (laughs) best medicine out there yeah i don't know really any other way to put it other than that um just this show has gotten me through so many crazy tough times and i just i can't explain enough how much it's meant to me to have this show and all the things that were done. I wish I had known all of these contributions when I first started watching the show, but I'm so happy to know them now and to be able to pass on any wisdom that I have from reading his book, from doing all this extra research and things like that. I'm happy to be able to in some way pass that on. Um, Just because I really believe that should be known. It should be celebrated. So... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Iconic. Iconic and legendary and 
kind of leave it at that, really. <laughs> yeah, I don't really, there's no other words for it. It's literally, it's, he's iconic, he's legendary. I, brilliant, brilliant. genius. <laughs> I don't really, I don't have any other words. There's no other real way yeah. to describe it to me. Mm-hmm. So, so thank you again, Mr. Desi Arnaz, and happy 104th birthday. Goodness. Uh, yeah. So join us next week for another episode of the podcast. Uh, hopefully it won't be as long as this one, but again, it should have been expected. This was a very, very happy episode for us. And we mm-hmm. were very, excited. very special to us. Yes, We were very excited to be able to talk about all of this. So again, join us next week for whatever episode we have planned. Mm-hmm. <laughs>